and welcome to another episode of The Queers Are Watching. We have a very special episode for you this week. Um, we're a little drunk, <laughs> and personally, I think it's kind of early to get into, like, you know, you barely know us. It's not. <laughs> Sarah thought it would be a good idea to do a drunk episode. Um, so, I, I guess she talked me into it. Didn't take that much, though. It was not a lot of talking into. Um, so, here we are today. We also have a very special guest with us today. Yeah. Tyler. Hello. Thank um, you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Tyler is our best friend, and he's joining us today. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm um, thrilled and honored to be your very first guest. <laughs> Like, who did you think it was going to be, though? Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump. No. Um, Michelle Bachman. No. Um, Marcus Bachman. Oh. I have a few words for him. I, I mean, I have a few words for all of them. <laughs> I, have, I have a little more than words for them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, hello, audience. Yeah, tell us something about yourself. Like, you could say your age or Ooh, oh. what you love about... <laughs> Tyler just knocked into a lamp. I did. That's um, so very him. It's no, difficult. yeah, that, that, that's my introduction to the audience. Um, I hit lamps. Like um, he's sitting down and he somehow managed to like knock into a lamp. No, yeah. Sucking. Everyone I work with knows, yeah, I bump into walls. And then I turn and yell at the wall. Like, who built this wall? Um, <laughs> um, the wall's always been there. Anyway, hello. Uh, yes, um, I am also queer. What? And I'm also watching, you might say. This is news um, to us. Uh, yeah, I know. I decided this was a very special opportunity to come out to the both of you. <laughs> I have some wine in me. Shucks. Um, and I thought this was, this was a good time. Um, but yes, I also love um, film and television. I also use it to uh, escape from my own uh, life problems. As, uh, what? You are both very familiar with. I am not familiar with that at all. Sarah, I feel like you basically taught me how to make it an art form. Hey, <laughs> we are the experts at that. So. <laughs> yes, and I uh, respect and applaud you for it. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, you're welcome. Um, also, I would like to take this opportunity to um, force you both to thank me for getting you both into the Shadowhunter series. <laughs> oh, I do thank him. Yeah. I thank him every day for that first book. Because y'all have talked about it for the last... how. How many episodes is it? Two episodes. Two episodes. <laughs> For the the last, past two. Yeah. So, well, two out of two episodes, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, um, you're welcome. Because I got you both into the series. Yeah, I mean, welcome. I'm forever grateful. Yeah, you're welcome. So. Thank you. Yeah. And you guys got me into the Supernatural series, so I thank you for that. Yay! That's what we do to everybody. Yeah. Um, but we had to start with you. Yeah, that's fair. Those are the rules. You're welcome, and sorry, not sorry. <laughs> also, you're. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so like, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Yeah. So, like, thank you for the enjoyment. How fucking dare you for the emotional pain you inflicted upon me? Um. <laughs> the true friends love to inflict emotional pain. That's like fandom based. That's true. Like, I think that's one of the many joys of friendship. I'll have to um, return the favor by getting one or maybe both of you into Buffy. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to pass. Well, we'll see. I've been resisting for a while, um, but I might just give in eventually. I did tell you that when you guys started watching it, I'd give it another chance, but... Also, if nothing else, for the podcast, because queer characters. I know. Yeah, like, I've read so many, like, articles and excerpts from dissertations about Willow and... Yet, I've never seen the show, so... And, I mean, I have a lot to say about Willow and Tara. They're sweet baby angels. Um, also, I feel like, as non-monosexual women, 
the two of you would have a lot to say about um, how Willow was written. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, eventually we'll get there. But today's episode is not about that, y'all. Today's episode is about Supernatural. The <laughs> <laughs> last twist. <laughs> we're finally, we've been telling you guys that we're going to talk about Supernatural, and so we are going to... For well, all two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the cackles. <laughs> They promised it early on in the first episode. Sorry about it. We promised there would be cackles. And cockles. We promised there would be cockles. Which brings us to the actual... We're not just talking about Supernatural in a broad sense. I'm going to interrupt Sarah for one second because I forgot to say this at the top. You might hear like a fan going in the background. Sorry about that. We can't roast to death. It's Southern California. We have to have the fan on. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, it's September, which sounds weird, but it's Southern California. It's like no, the it's hottest time summer, of year. Though it's awful. It's terrible. Ugh. Um, and Sarah and I, in particular, are like sweaty people. I'm so sweaty, and, and I'm drinking wine, so I'm yeah, actually yeah, I'm real. And Hannah right tends now. to be a, a cooler person than us, so the fact that she's also sweaty says a lot about. Um, I know. I'm ready to make this a naked versions. podcast. You guys oh. can't see anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but don't tell them that. <laughs> Um, then they're going to think we do all of our podcasts Hello, naked. audience. We're naked. We'll get a real, like, niche brand of consumers. Well, that's how we get... <laughs> no, we don't want the people that would be like, ooh, like, no, two no. bi women getting... I'm going to pass. Yeah. No, all, all press is good press. Although earlier we did say we were flannel friends. Oh, yeah. We were both wearing flannel. And is that like Gal Pals TM? Yeah. yeah. There's a team oh, People it. always think we're dating, and we were both that's wearing true. flannel, and we went to the store. As so. a matter of fact, if you check my Twitter... <laughs> You will see that I tweeted about it. Um, What's your Twitter, Sarah? <laughs> my Twitter is at Magic Girl Sarah. You can follow me there. But more importantly, the Twitter for this podcast is Tequa Podcast, as in T-Q-A-W Podcast. So you should follow us there. Um, it's brand new. We have, like, no tweets. Sorry about it. But we did set it up so that we can interact with y'all. We also made a Tumblr, so if you want to visit us there, it's thequeersarewatching.tumblr.com. That's our full name, all the way spelled out. Um, there are a few posts there if you want to visit us. We will interact with you. You can send us asks there. That would be cool. We yeah, like, let us know some stuff that you want us to watch. Um, we're open to suggestions. Yeah, we'll literally do anything as long as it has queer people in it. Maybe not porn, though. Yeah, no. That's going to be a That was literally my first thought. I was like, I'm going to, like, anonymous, anonymously send you, like, porn. No, I mean, I'm sure we'll get that anyway, but no, yeah. thank you. Although, um, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. No, there's there's a, a YouTube show, um, Spray Tasma, the show's called Needs More Gay, and he, I mean, he talks about queer media in general but for every april fool's day he'll review like gay porn oh my god but with like a serious like this is these are the plot developments but, no. but to like censor it it's like instead of like describing the sex scene it'll be like doing their taxes <laughs> so one of which was like i think the first of which was twink light which was the gay porn parody of twilight oh my god yeah that sounds terrible this is too meta like it's a show about a guy watching a porn based on a movie it's don't act like you don't love Meta. I do it's love true. Meta. It's yeah. true. But I love you, Jamie. Meta. <laughs> if you want to get married, um, Speaking of I'm Meta. Here. No, stop trying oh. to marry people from our podcast. Through our podcast. But he's hot. I don't care. Hit him up on his, I don't know, email. <laughs> Who emails people to hook up with them, by the way? That's pretty wild. People in the 90s, gross. <laughs> anyway. 
So what we were originally saying is that this podcast isn't just about Supernatural, because honestly, we could talk about Supernatural forever. Um, we're going to focus today on our theory that honestly we think is backed up by canon, um, that Dean Winchester is bisexual. A flaming <laughs> bisexual, the most bisexual <laughs> you have ever seen in your life. He's my bisexual son, and... Slash daddy. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's like a son... A daddy, a daddy, that a friend that really pisses you off sometimes. An actual father. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, so you're saying you have complicated feelings about Dean Winchester? I mean, he's very complicated. My feelings. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we my, should probably say that right away. Go ahead and yeah. say your feelings and then I'll tell you. No, I was just going to say my feelings are more complicated than yours about him. That's not true. You Hannah's a little harsher on Dean than I am, but I think I'm not as harsh on him because he's not a real person, so I'm willing to be like, it's fine. He annoys me as if he was a real person. No, I love <laughs> Which so is much. why I'm so harsh on him. But back um, back to what we're we're getting way off track, but that's why <laughs> that's because we're drunk, so <laughs> we have an excuse. Um so for those of you that have never actually watched Supernatural you you're may. Out. Oh, you, I'm sorry. You're yeah, definitely yeah. missing out. Yeah. But you may get bored during this podcast. Sorry about it. Um, I How will say, if you want to listen, um, the description that's usually used of Supernatural is two brothers crisscross across across <laughs> the country. Damn, that was like a tongue twister. Crisscross. Crisscross <laughs> across the country on a demon hunting and other supernatural killing road trip. Um, that's pretty much the gist, but that's like. Season one, TBH. Like, yeah, that that description does not even does nothing begin justice. to touch on what the rest of the show is about. Yeah, um, but it is about two brothers, to be fair. The brothers, the brothers, as I like <laughs> to call them. Um, their names are Dean Winchester and Sam Winchester, and Dean is the one that we know is by, and Sam, we don't know that, but. <laughs> Some people say he's bi, and even as a bi person who loves saying that all characters are bi, I'm like, no, no, he's probably straight. He's probably a straight dude. <laughs> but he's real cool and supportive, so. Oh, no, I love Sam. <laughs> She's a big old Sam girl. Yeah. He's well, more than anything, now I'm a Castiel girl, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so anyone, arguments for Biting, if anyone wants to start? You can do canon arguments first, and then meta later if you want. I'm interested in what Tyler has to say on this topic. Wait, arguments against him being No, four. <laughs> Obviously four. We're all four. I was, no, I was very confused. I thought, I thought you were like, arguments against him being bi? And, I was, and then she was looking around the room like, either of us were going to have an argument. <laughs> like, we've literally spent hours. We've spent a weekend when we went to the Supernatural convention. This was all we talked about in that bedroom. Tyler's just referencing that again because that's the only convention he's went to with us. Ty- Hannah and I have been to two others aside from that one. And during that weekend, we listened to my Destiel playlist, which has over 70 songs on it. <laughs> like, if you want to know how obsessed we really are, Hannah uh, did some statistics of herself earlier. <laughs> of her own personal blog, which you can find on Tumblr at wingsdestiel.tumblr.com. Um, she has 41 pages of Dean is by <laughs> and 300 and I think that says 94 pages. No, 64. 64, 64. pages of Destiel. That was my own writing that I can't read by the way, y'all. Well, so um, not 394, 364 because you keep it reasonable. Because <laughs> it's almost like a, like a page a day, but not quite. That's so wild. For a year. 
I don't know if that... I mean, we've been shipping Dustiel for more than a year. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, keep in mind, these are not posts. This is pages of posts. <laughs> yeah. So who knows how many posts are on a page? Like six? Something seven, like that. It depends on how know. big the post is, maybe? Yeah. Um, I don't have any statistics, statistics like that from my page, other than I only have 66 pages of Dustiel for some reason. Um, well, but I think it's because I, I used to not tag things. That's probably why. You're also more of like a multi-topic blog. Like yeah. you reblog whatever your heart desires and I admire you for that. <laughs> I feel like super pressured to keep it like 95% supernatural. And I appreciate that. And I respect that. <laughs> I appreciate and respect you both. As, um... I thought you were going to say I appreciate and respect your blog. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So That's much. the most like... Like, That's the most millennial thing anyone has ever said. Yeah. I was going to say internet celebrity. <laughs> so I'm honored to be in the presence of two internet celebrities. None of us are internet celebrities here. Well, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my argument for Bydeen, I always, always, always fall back on. And I'm not going to say Destiel, even though I want to go there. We'll get there eventually. Um, but I, I honestly think that Dean can be bi without Castiel in the picture. He is by without Castiel in the picture, and, and you say from that, fucking day one. Yeah, I was gonna say you say that because you've seen every episode. Every episode, <laughs> at least three times. No, but I mean, you've seen the show, so therefore you see the evidence yes, that he's. I, I have eyes. That's what Tyler's <laughs> trying to convey here. Um, I always fall back on the Doctor Sexy debacle. Oh yes, uh, let's get into that. <laughs> so for those of you that have never seen that episode or you don't know about it, I don't know how casual a watcher you are of Supernatural. Um, there's an episode where Dean is talking about watching a TV show, and it is a show that's modeled off Grey's Anatomy. It's, like, a spoof of that. Um, and he talks about, like, all the characters and stuff. Like, he's super into it, and everyone knows that Grey's Anatomy is, like, everyone says it's, like, a housewife thing to watch. It's, like, a woman show, as they call it. Fuck all of them, because Grey's Anatomy is amazing, and I love Shonda Rhimes. Um... But this is called Dr. Sexy MD, <laughs> I guess, which is kind of like a take on like house MD. So they kind of like try to combine stuff so they wouldn't get sued or something. Um, but anyway, he's in love with the main character, which is Dr. Sexy. Also, his name is Dr. Sexy. Yeah. I mean, well, Grey's Anatomy, the two main doctors are McDreamy and McSteamy. No, no, I follow. <laughs> but like, in this case, he's obsessed with a, a male character named Dr. Sexy. Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> What? Yeah. And then he sees him coming down the hallway and he's like, it's him. It's Dr. Sexy. <laughs> like he gets flustered he's in a way that. So excited. Do you know how he acted? He acted like the three of us were when we met Misha Collins. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Can we, can we all take a moment to just appreciate that moment when we met Misha Collins? At oh the my con? God. He was so cute. It, I mean, was, one, it was wonderful. Audience. For me, it was two different moments. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's met him twice. Well, she's taking a picture with him twice. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I met him, because, like... They're not really allowed to talk. Yeah. No, he he and I are besties, just to inform you. Um, well, then why don't you tell him that I'm looking for a sugar daddy? <laughs> because he's my sugar daddy. That's <laughs> very rude. What about me? Where am I in this scenario? <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, well... Anywho. Anywho's all. <laughs> Dr. Sexy MD. Okay. Um, he, like, is so obsessed with him, he knows details about him. Like... I, I don't want to, like, talk about the plot of the episode. It's one of my favorite episodes, Changing Channels, if you want to watch that. But, um... Actually, don't just watch that episode. I know. No, that would be so confusing. No, you won't have a good grasp of anything going on. But if you watch Supernatural and you maybe bounce around or you haven't got there yet because it's season five, I believe, um, you can 
watch that one. Get to that one. Get there fast, because it's one of my faves. Um, anyway, sometime during the episode, they're actually popped into the world of Dr. Sexy MD. And um, the way they figure out that it's fake is that Dean notices that Dr. Sexy is not wearing his sexy cowboy boots. And he literally pins Dr. Sexy to a wall and says that he knows it's not him. And he's like, what? Of course it's me. And Dean's like, really? Because I thought the thing that makes Dr. Sexy sexy is that he wears cowboy boots. And I think Which that's... Which is the gayest thing I've so ever heard gay. of It really life. fucking is. And if we're talking about gay cowboys... <laughs> <laughs> I have to get Hannah to watch... Brokeback Mountain. Oh my she's gosh! Never I've seen literally it. never seen Brokeback Mountain, and it makes me feel so embarrassed. But <laughs> because here's the thing: you love queer films, you also love sad things. It's you love very sad, sad media. and it's beautiful, but it's kind of slow. Oh no, I love slow things. Okay. No, she loves. It's I a slow like build, but then it's like a but slow build sad. to like crush your soul. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's like when you read a fanfic and it was like so long, and then you get to the end and it's sad. And to me, it sounds like the media, like the film equivalent of Radiohead. Yeah. And I'm kind of, like, it's kind I of slow. Radiohead. It, like, drags <laughs> a little bit, and then you, like, suddenly are like, oh, this makes me feel awful. Yeah. And yet wonderful. Yeah. yeah. At the same time. It, like, makes you feel. And that's, how I, that's how I feel about that first sex scene that they have. Because <laughs> there's no lube. Yeah, he, like, spits in his hand. How are you going to have first time anal sex Hello with ox. lube? It's weird. I have questions. Um, but there's a lot of um, Brokeback Mountain imagery in the last season of Superman. Oh my god, there's so there really much. Is. And so. by the last season, to clarify, we mean the most recent one. Yeah. It's not the last season. Season 12. Which, can we talk about the fact that this show is a genre show that has 12 seasons? I know. We have that's a am- big ass That's following. amazing. Like, Buffy had seven seasons, Angel had five, Charmed, which. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but Charmed had eight seasons. And Charmed was Charmed. But Charmed had eight seasons. That's quite a bit of seasons. I it know. really is for Charmed. Like, but it really sh- probably should have just been that seven. Th- that, or not. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I could have a whole podcast about Charmed. Not bragging about that. I'm just informing you. <laughs> no, I agree. It's, it has an outrageously large amount of seasons, mm-hmm. but I never want it to end. Like, everyone's uh. like, don't you think it should be over by now? And I'm like... Don't you think you should stop talking? <laughs> I kind of, like, I feel so torn on that because I kind of want it to be over so I can return to my life. Um, what would you do? Well, that's the thing Cry. is I... Are you going to, like, accomplish things? I, I feel like I, I did accomplish things back before I started watching Supernatural. Was and that then, before I met you? I think it was a coincidence, though, no. that around the same time I started watching it, like, I stopped doing things. <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, I think we both uh, caught it during the eighth season. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, that was also, like, not peak depression, but, like, the second highest peak depression in my life. Um, so maybe that's why I stopped doing things. Maybe I shouldn't be blaming it on Supernatural. I mean, maybe. I watched all eight seasons in two weeks, so. Oh, honey. Yeah, and then I caught up so I could watch the finale on television. And these aren't little baby seasons. These are 42-minute episodes, and there's 23 episodes in most of the seasons. There's a couple. Three? Three, and one of them has 22 randomly. I don't know. Is that because of the backdoor pilot in nine? I honestly don't know. I can't remember. Because Hannah and I were binging through it because she was having me watch it. And because I was watching it, I was talking about it with my coworker, (laughs) Agatha Christie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she would want me to mention her name. Okay, okay. so Agatha. Hi, Agatha. Agatha. Hi, Agatha. Miss Christie. I just don't know if she would listen. She might, actually. She, she's, a, she's a fan. 
<laughs> of my work on the internet. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm just kidding. All two of your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, anyway. Tyler's not an avid user of social media. <laughs> we'll put it that way. That's fair. Um, I'm out living my life. <laughs> That's not true. All I do, all I do is work. Uh, yeah. Anyway. With Agatha Christie. I work with Agatha Christie. That's a fact. Yeah. So I was talking to her about the show and she was like, what is this show? And I was like, look, here it is. And so she started watching it and she binged through it. She caught up to where Hannah and I were and surpassed me. And uh, she was like, oh, do you see this? And I was like, no. So I applaud um, Agatha Christie. <laughs> we have to say her every time. We just call her Ags. Ags. Hey, Ags. Um... Sarah and I also got one of our coworkers really into it, and it's it's so fun to watch someone get into Supernatural. It's just like a very particular kind of joy that I get from that. Yeah. So I call it evil glee. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is because you're like, ooh, you're gonna suffer so yeah. much. Oh, I, I thought you meant the show Supernatural was the evil version of the show Glee. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I have evil glee over it. Oh, I understand now. Like when you didn't realize that Ruby was evil. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, that's fine. I'm gonna bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that did hurt me because I was not expecting it. I, I fell for it. This is not a spoiler-free podcast. I mean, but you didn't announce that they're in Supernatural spoilers. <laughs> the internet will revolt, Sarah. We're talking about Supernatural. If we're using that season was eight years ago. Canon. <laughs> <laughs> what is the that rule? Way? What's the rule? There's like a rule, like an unspoken rule. Like if it's been out for a year, like it doesn't matter what you say on the internet about it. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. You should Google it. <laughs> to me, the biggest uh, topic outside of Destiel for Dean being by is the fact that. He had a male siren. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that episode? <laughs> male was it? Siren Absolutely. What was that episode? Sex and Violence, I think? Was yeah. That season yes. four? Yeah. You want to say? Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> Audience. <laughs> Audience. Listen. If you don't know what a siren is, A, I don't know. I, I can't help you there. <laughs> B, a siren has historically, from ancient Greece, always been <laughs> a or plurality of creatures to romantically and or sexually lure men to their deaths. So here's the thing. <laughs> Almost exclusively been portrayed either as women or like feminine presenting beings. So the fact that this is the only time, and I watch a lot of fantasy shows and read a lot of fantasy shit. This is the only time I've ever seen a siren presented as a male facade. And it was for Dean fucking Winchester. Yeah. Can we talk about that? A few because people that are, like, against that, like, they're like, oh, it doesn't mean anything, is because he, like, the siren actually has a piece of dialogue where he's like, oh, I had to give you what you wanted, which was, like... A man. A, no, it was someone to <laughs> fix that was, like, a little brother. Because him and Sam were fighting at the That's time. That's not what sirens do, though. Yeah, yeah. but, like, the I think... way he lured him in was, like, getting, like, him to realize he likes all the same stuff he does. Like, they sat and drank beers together. They flirted. So what you're saying is, an emotionally needy man with whom he has shared interests. Um, Dean, that's called a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was the show's way of trying to no homo their way out of the situation. Yeah. Which the show does a lot, but here's the thing. They're the <laughs> masters of no homoing. Not in that it's They're like, skilled at it. Yeah, not that they're skilled at it, <laughs> they but they do it a lot. They, yeah, every single episode, they're like, oh, but remember. <laughs> but, like, I feel like they're both high amount and low skill of no homo 
is pretty analogous to how I acted in high school. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I mean, there are quite a few gay people on staff now. So oh, that's interesting. And I love them. I follow them all on Twitter. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know my that. team, my team of people. The only people that give us hope. <laughs> this godforsaken show. <laughs> um, also, Davy Perez, who's not gay, but that also, I know of. But also, literally a godforsaken show. <laughs> yeah, I think like those are two really great big picture moments to talk about as far as Dean being bi. I think there's also a bunch of little stuff spread out throughout the entire show. There are such little tiny moments that I cherish. <laughs> like he's flirted with multiple men. Yeah. Throughout. He winks the show. he winks at male bartenders. Mm-hmm. There's times when he like comes in from like what was obviously like him being out for a one night stand and like there's no there's no real mention of the gender of the person that he slept with, and it's kind of like... It's left to be ambiguous. Yeah, it's left ambiguous, and I'm like, that has to be on purpose. Ooh, there- what about the Aaron situation? Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right, 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 right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. How do I even begin to describe the Aaron situation? <laughs> so part of what Dean has to do, Dean and Sam have to do on this show, is they have to impersonate FBI agents and other law enforcement in order to interview people that might have seen something supernatural happen so that they can get to the bottom of whatever it is. Um, And so in this episode, Dean is impersonating an FBI agent and he's following this guy, Aaron, and I can't actually remember, like, if he just wanted to talk to him about, or if they actually knew at that point that he was, like, hiding a monster in his house, essentially. Um, As you do. It was yeah. a problem. Yeah, I mean, he no, Aaron's not a bad guy. He's a great guy. Um, so he they end up at this bar, and Aaron's, like, sitting at the bar just, like, drinking a drink or whatever, and then... Dean kind of goes up and talk, talks to him and... Like... It's the most flirtatious scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron is, like, looking at him and he's clearly flirting with him. So then Dean is, like, confused. He's, like, taken aback. And then he but, goes but over But in the him. way that I'm taken aback when a man flirts with me because I don't expect to be flirted with. Not because I'm not into it, because I don't <laughs> That's a good point. It. That is a good point. To me, that's exactly how yeah. I read and Dean's he, emotions. He goes over to Aaron and... Aaron, like, pretends to, like, want to ask him out. Because Aaron, we should say that Aaron's privy to the knowledge that they're following him. He knows. He's just doing that to, like, see why they're following him, basically. And he tells him, like, he comes on to Dean, I don't remember what he says, the exact piece of dialogue. But Dean says, oh, sorry. Uh, And he gets, like, flustered and nervous. And he says, I'm at work. Like, I'm working. And, like, he doesn't say, like, I'm not gay and he doesn't say, I don't swing that way, which he has said in the series, I think, twice before. Which, um, we'll put a bookmark in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, we'll, I, we'll I want to come back, back to that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's interesting that he makes that excuse. That, like, I'm not, I don't want you, not, I'm not gay, not, no homo. Like, he's literally saying, oh, I'm at work, I can't do this right now. And also, he's so nervous about it. Also, he also, stumbles. he, like, when he, there's a very weird close-up on his hand as he slides his badge across the table back towards himself, like, oh, I'm not showing you my badge anymore because I'm embarrassed and feeling weird about the situation. It's just a very odd close-up. Like, I, there's no reason to show him doing that other than to show that he's nervous. And he's nervous in a very particular way. Like Sarah said, he bumps into a table as he's backing away. He's like, oh, well, you, you, have, a, you have a good day. And, like, bumps into a table. And for those of you that don't watch so the show, Dean is a very, like composed, 
yeah. normally like very like I mean he, he can be charismatic when he wants to be but he's very like a self he's a little bow legged but like <laughs> <laughs> he's like a kind of like gruff like like, Ro- like Roman Tian. Yeah. Which, bookmark, I will come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a tough guy. He doesn't look down his tough guy guys. Yeah. And, and he's been hunting all his life. So, like, his body, like, he's in control of his body. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, he describes himself as a walking killing machine. So, like, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's not a clumsy person. He's not me bumping into lambs while True. he sits. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, like, the fact that he was, he's, like, so, like, emotionally, like... Compromised. Compromised, exactly. <laughs> to like stumble and bump into a table is so distinctly different from most of his behavior that that, that that's very noteworthy. And it me. also should be noted that he doesn't act that way with women. Like no matter what mm. woman comes onto him, he never behaves that way. He's always he's moved. So yeah, he's like the womanizer guy. Yeah. So like I find it really hard to believe that that wasn't supposed to be read into as like him being nervous about a man hitting on him because he was interested. Because he's so shy and befuddled. <laughs> he real and he is like that whenever he has any kind of interaction with a guy that's into him or that he's into. Yeah. Um, that one like twink cop guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was real into him. The eye fucking in that episode. <laughs> I can't stand it. He and I will say this for Dean, he loves the man in a uniform. He has he lots does. of daddy issues. I feel like it stems from his dad being a military guy. Bookmark, we'll come back to his daddy <laughs> issues. <laughs> the episode where he uh, gets thrown back in time into I think it's the thirties or the forties. And he like two beautiful women walk by him and he stares at them at first, but then a nice man in a uniform <laughs> walks by and he like he gives him, him and he gives him like a wink, I think. He gives him the full up down. Yeah. Like he looks He like nods all, his head at him. Yeah. I love a good up down. <laughs> and like people who don't believe that Dean is by, they will go on those posts on Tumblr and be like, he's nodding at the military guy because he respects military <laughs> men. Oh my and god. And he's just giving him a friendly nod and you're making it gross. Oh god. Okay. I know I'm making it. I'm like, rubbing my queer little hands all over your military man. Um, you mean like Dean wants to do? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and it should it should also be noted that when <laughs> when Aaron shows up later at um, the I think at the motel maybe where there's st- I I forget where he Possibly. shows up. They they meet up with Aaron again somewhere later, and he points to him and he turns to Sam and says he was my gay thing, <laughs> and he doesn't say it in a way of like. Oh, let me explain to you what happened. What happened was he flirted, like he just is just like, that doesn't make anything. <laughs> and Sam isn't like he's, he's a like, little like what? I think he's more like yeah. I mean, it's like wait, what? <laughs> what did you just Sam's, admit to? <laughs> Sam's credit, I think it's him being like, what did you just admit to? Yeah, yeah. and not being like, oh no, I'm shocked. Like I think Sam definitely Sam's knows. Five hundred percent knows. Because <laughs> he, here's the thing: he gives him knowing looks all the time. He he's, does. A, Sam is a very intelligent person. He, I mean, he's just a naturally bright person. He went to college. He was in law school, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, like well, he was he, pre-law. Whatever. He's liberal. He gets it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he accepts his, his hella queer brother. I love Sam. Me too. I love Sam. So, oh, you had mentioned, Sarah, about his, like, um the, like, how much no-homo he does. Mm-hmm. So, a point that I wanted to ask of two non-monosexual people is, so, 
when other people argue, oh, but look how into women he is, or look, he has said I don't swing that way, or, um, like, he, he's only in, he has, quote-unquote, said he's straight. <laughs> I mean, not quote-unquote, but he has said he's straight. He, and people point to, oh, but look, all these women he sleeps with, all these women he's been in relationships with. Do you want to address that? I mean, I don't think you know what bi means. That's what you're saying. Like, what? That's not an argument to me when people say that. I'm like, okay, so he sleeps with women. I mean, bi people sleep with women. Like, I'm not really sure what you want me to say there to these, like, random (laughs) trolls on the internet. Yeah, this is very bisexuality 101, but a lot of people don't realize that you don't actually have to be 50-50 attracted to men and women. You can be attracted to any genders in any proportions or not really feel like you have proportions of gender <laughs> attractiveness. I'm not being very eloquent. Um, <laughs> no, but you're making sense. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know when people are like, are you more attracted to men or women? It's like, fuck, I don't know. Mysteries, <laughs> mysteries, y'all. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, that, I think that's where a lot of people are coming from when they give that argument is just like a basic misunderstanding of what bisexuality actually means. Yeah. Also, bisexuality 201. <laughs> um, when I was coming to terms with my bisexuality, I was like, no, I could never, ever, ever be gay because I like this guy. And therefore, I'm not gay at all. And then I woke up one day and I was like, oh, I'm so gay. Like, <laughs> why am I so gay? And then that was like a whole other thing. But if you had asked me, like, because I came out when I was 15, if you had asked me when I was 14, which was only a year prior, like, are you gay or are you bi or are you whatever? I would have been like, no, I'm not. Absolutely not. I could never be that. And it's pretty easy to deny your own sexuality. Like, when we live in the society we live in, especially, like, being a bisexual or a pansexual or a polysexual person, it's just they're not very warmly recepted in LGBTQ circles. So it's Or in straight circles. Well, obviously, it's like... But yeah, even even, in, in, even in circles that you should be accepted in is what I'm trying to say, and it's it's compounded for Dean Winchester because the hunter, there people that hunt monsters are just called hunters. That's what they're called in the show, and the hunter society is kind of based on like being macho and yeah. it's know. full of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Also, he was raised by a man that was in the military. <laughs> like I can't imagine that. He, like, he was in the military in what year? In the 60s? Yeah, the 60s. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the 60s. Yeah. So I cannot imagine that he was not passing on his toxic masculinity. Also, 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 just throwing it out there that John Winchester is an abusive dickhole. I fucking hate John Um, Winchester. We're an anti-John Winchester. Yeah, can we just talk about John for, like, a hot minute? (laughs) Sure, we can talk about it. So here's my feelings on John. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad he's burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> literally, guys, if you've never watched the show, literally, folks. <laughs> yeah. Also, the actor who plays Young John is super hot. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a totally different topic, Mac but I just I just needed to address Mac that. Mac is beautiful. He's also been in South of Nowhere, by the way. So if you guys ever watched that, I love him. Anyway. <laughs> so, John... Okay, so part of the premise of this show is that the boys... Um, mother, Mary, 
she, there's like a whole Virgin Mary thing with her. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about Mary right now. <laughs> we don't want to talk about Mary. I, I have Mary. a lot to say about Mary, too, but she's not relevant to this particular conversation. Anyway, so Mary is killed by a demon when the two brothers were very, very young. Um, Sam was like six months, and how old was Dean? Four? Four. Mm-hmm. Although um, he looks like he's like eight I know. in the promo. He's, yeah, so, so he's carry a baby outside yeah. of a burning building when he's four. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be handing a baby to a four-year-old. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, are you saying John Winchester is not a responsible father? Oh, oh shocker. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. So Mary's killed by a demon when they're very young, and then that's how John discovers demons in the supernatural world exist and he becomes a hunter he gets roped into all of that and he becomes an abusive and a neglectful father to his sons mm-hmm. you know traveling the country they live in motels they're like just abandoned for weeks on end they're moved from school to school when they're even in schools and dean being the oldest super um gets roped into that emotion he becomes a very much um a spousal surrogate to his father um being forced to take on a lot of responsibilities in terms of raising Sam because John wasn't there. And yeah, when when I I believe it's when Dean is 10 and Sam is 6, I want to say, is when his father like gives him a gun and leaves him in a motel room with Sam and is like don't let anything happen to him. A 10-year-old. A 10-year-old. A 10-year-old. Yeah. Fucking gun. It's horrible. And the, so much pressure on protecting Sammy, so much pressure to to be a man, to be an adult at such a young age, and so much of that is be a tough hunter man, be a real man, TM. <laughs> yeah. We actually see a lot of that, too. Like, there's a lot of, like, flashbacks of that actually happening. So it's not inferred. It's, no. like, on the screen. It really... And really yet is. there are so many people that try to deny it and be like, "No, John Winchester was a great father. Now, the people who do that, <laughs> I always wonder, are these people who have lived in abusive homes Absolutely. and Probably, are like yeah. Stockholm Syndrome out of that? Maybe. Or are these people who are so like naive and sheltered that they can't recognize abuse when they see it? Some combination of both. But I don't understand people who can defend John, because it's not like it's all inferred based on Dean's actions and behavior now. We see flashbacks of him. We saw flashbacks where Dean had bruises and was clearly afraid of his father. And when he, like, explicitly abandoned them for weeks in a hotel, he abandoned children, gave them weapons. And he does, like, I think there's one instance where Dean says, like, that dad would beat the crap out of them for something. Like, he's just afraid of everything that he would ever do. And there was a point in time, There's this comes up way later in the series, there's like a whole flashback episode, but there was a point in time when they're left alone, Dean runs out of food, and he has to steal food to feed his younger brother, and then his dad finds out that he stole and sends him to a boy's home, because he's a thief. Yeah. Like, okay, but you didn't leave them any food. So whose fault is it really? It's and you were Dean's, there to take care of your kids. It's Dean's fault for not stepping up and taking care of business. That was stepping up. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like, what did John expect him to do? Cut yeah. off his arm and feed that to Sam? <laughs> that would have been the real man thing to do. Oh my god! <laughs> but then, how could he hold a gun at age of twelve <laughs> with the other one <laughs> to shoot werewolves and shit? Learn to shoot with your teeth. I think he was like fifteen at that point when he went to the yeah. bathroom. Oh well, that's fine then. And then he had some semblance of real family there and people that cared about him. And John just came and ripped him away. He's like, sorry, and didn't care. I need he you basically to help me. honked from outside the house. Yeah. yeah, he was like, I need you to come back and help me hunt now. Now that you're done with your time out. 
too. And like he of course and like okay, John leaves Sam and Dean and he has left Sam alone many times. Um, wherever they go. Like he always leaves him, but of course when he picked him up to go on this hunt to get Dean, he brought Sam with him. Mm-hmm. To be like, here's your guilt trip. I yep. need you to take care of Sam. You need to come back. And, and it worked. Himself. It yeah. worked because Dean just, all he had to do was look out the window and say, there's my little brother and I yep. feel bad for him. Yep. And here's the part that really breaks my heart about the Winchester brothers is John is just a fucking bastard. And Sam being the younger brother and kind of different to his dad, um, more of an academic than like a... Man, <laughs> um, not that Sam doesn't. Like, that, Sam's a really great hunter, but yeah, not that, and not that, yeah, nothing. He's not a skilled hunter, and not that we don't see Sam struggle with some tox- toxic masculinity issues. But I feel like being different from him, being younger, feeling feeling alienated from his family somewhat. He he's able to rebel and distance himself from his dad emotionally. Dean doesn't. Dean is both afraid of his dad. And emulates him mm-hmm. and wants to be him, wants to make him proud. He still worships him. And that, that in particular, breaks my heart about the character of Dean. I mean, uh, about Sam, the fact that he feels like he wants to be accepted and can't be, that, that makes me sad for Sam. But the fact that Dean wants to make his dad proud and kind of never can is what really... I'm not going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a little. But it... it, it, it that really bothers me, and, and not in a way that's like I'm critical of the show. It bothers me because I've I've seen that, and sometimes I've also felt that. I'm not going to go into a whole thing about my father, but <laughs> we could. But, but I have felt that pull to be accepted by someone that I don't necessarily think is a fantastic person. So like even if intellectually it's like, I don't know that I necessarily want to be this person, there's a strong emotional pull to make this person proud of me. And especially in a very macho way of being, I mean, in my example, <laughs> being like, I was never good at sports. So in that way, I can identify with Sam. <laughs> like, I just wanted to read. But being like, I wanted to be good at sports. I wanted to make my dad proud. And I never could in that way. And he was, it, was, it always felt like he was disappointed in me. And I, I am also the oldest of two brothers. So in some ways, I really identify with Dean in that, like, I I just want to make daddy proud and I can't. And some of that also is because I'm queer. The connection. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. And and that and that's also why I also identify a lot with Alec Lightwood from Shadowhunters. Oh, Alec. And when I first read that series, I was in high school. I was like 16. Oh, okay. Although the fact that walking by in a bookstore and seeing the cover of the first book, which is a shirtless Jace, and I decided, yeah, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 16 and starting to barely be able to say to myself, I think I'm gay, yo. Gay. <laughs> right? And I bought that for the cashier. <laughs> like, I saw it. That was I'm bold. So proud of 16-year-old you. I really am, too. Because also, that book was like, oh, this is a queer character who has daddy issues. Which, like, are we familiar? Are we familiar? Yeah, but also, I think that was also the first character that I, I really identified with in that way, which is sad. Yeah, he was not that great in the beginning. No, but also I think that, that also with Dean that really strikes a chord with me too of being like I'm a queer boy becoming a queer man who can't make his father proud of him because I can't be like him. I can't no matter how hard I try, and Dean tries so fucking hard, and he's in the show he has started to move past that, 
but he hasn't fully. It's a slow progress, yeah. y'all. Okay. He, and how old is Dean okay, in his 30s? Okay. He's, he's 40. 30s. Isn't he 40 now? I think he's... He was born in 79. 78. Yeah. And growing up in such an extreme household <laughs> like that... 78. Right, you're, you're right, you're right. Like, of course he's going to be fucked up. I feel so bad for him. Okay, but let's talk about the fact 40. that... This is this is what I see when I when I think about how slow his development has been because in the very beginning of the show he was all about like no we got to listen to dad we got to yeah. do what dad wants and then like very very slowly progress was very slow and painful <laughs> he started being like well you know maybe dad's not right about everything maybe he's a little bit of an asshole sometimes he was still like really holding on to his like ideal picture of what his father was for a really long time and he's just now starting to let it go there's a moment when you know spoiler alert the mother comes back from the dead in season 12 (laughs) because that's 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 how we roll on supernatural um and she's like oh your dad was just such a good father and you can see dean like kind of looking down like "Mm, i don't know about that one mom (laughs) (laughs) and i was so proud proud of him for just that even just that look I was just like, yes. I mean, there's other parts. At the end of season 10, he says, my father was an obsessed bastard. Yeah. Um, So he's starting to recognize, and that makes me really happy. But also the fact that it's kind of paralleled with the way that he feels about hunting monsters. Because in the beginning of the series... He's, he sees everything as very black and white, and if it's a monster, it should be killed, and if it's not a monster, it should be let go. Which is all parroting John. Yeah, yeah. and that's b- very much what his father believed, is like, all monsters are bad, they can't be helped, they need to be murdered. And very slowly throughout the series, he starts to realize that there are exceptions to every rule, and that some some monsters are actually good and can be rehabilitated or otherwise left alone. And that some humans are pieces of shit, people. <laughs> um, oh my god, there are humans that are such pieces of shit in the show. Yeah. And angels. A lot of them. All um, the angels are bad, except for like three. So, and, and in season 12, there's even a moment where he says to another hunter, it's not all black and white out here. And I was like, hallelujah, hallelujah, I can't say that word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so drunk right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) I was like, thank you for finally saying that. And I feel like that. Oh, that's growing up. It might parallel his acceptance of his queerness as well. Because I think it's, you know. We're talking about queer acceptance while this bitch over here is like, wine, please. I've long ago had my queer acceptance. I don't know if you can hear us pouring this wine, but... We're drinking carbonated wine, y'all. We're basically an advert for Stella Rosa wine. And it's on ice. (laughs) Stella Rosa, give us money. I actually ran out of ice, so... Stella Rosa, it's... Nope, I couldn't come up with an ad. We got nothing. They're like, yeah, you and your ten listeners. (laughs) How dare you? Hey, we have over 100 listens. I know, okay, but like... Do you guys really? Yeah. Yeah, And here's the thing, everyone's been very silent... Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I want you guys to comment and say, like, did you hate it? Did you love it? Did you not agree with us? Somewhere? Like, you were listening, and then you just, like, vanished. We had one person comment, and it's, like, one of my close friends, so I don't... Yeah. Like, <laughs> like on iTunes or on... On SoundCloud. iTunes SoundCloud. doesn't actually let you view how many listens you have. I don't oh, know why. Um, yeah. There's, there's like, services that you can pay for that 
count it for you, but like we're poor, so yeah. Well, Solar Rosa sponsor us, and we can do some, <laughs> do some analytics on the back end. Uh, yeah. What is this? We? I'm like including myself in this. I mean, well, you're in this episode. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're a part of the team for now. So um. oh, <laughs> so if this show blows up, you could either credit it to the supernatural talk, the wine talk, or a wonderful um, guest host. <laughs> yeah. I, um, all three. <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't know. So sorry. sorry, I interrupted uh, my wine. Oh, when when Dean when I can say hallelujah and oh, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Dean <laughs> Dean's progress. Yeah, because he's he, come a long way, baby. Because I feel like saying it's not all black and white out here is very much like an analogy for bisexuality. Like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, it doesn't always have to be one thing or the other. Yeah. And also to take off from what you were saying earlier of monsters like. Like, going from what his father taught him was these other beings are othered, they're, like, literally ungodly, they're demonic, they're evil, they're bad for society, you should reject them, kill them, hunt them. Like, it, that's queer as fuck, right? <laughs> and then... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of not the best, maybe, like, one-to-one comparison, because um, I've never eaten anyone. <laughs> Not like their flesh. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, sh- I hit the lamp again. Again with the lamp. Oh, with my head. Oh, honey. We're worried about him. There's also like a thing that Dean has with lamps, so I think he's trying to speak to you right yeah. now. Like, he when I to like throw lamps. Yeah, when he gets mad, when he's like having like a rage episode, he like throws lamps and breaks lamps. Which is like also like a symptom of like. <laughs> Drowning in toxic masculinity. Yeah. No, very definitely. It's a, he's very the, like, aggressive. The way he treats women. Uh, the way he te- treats his brother. The way he treats his time, brother. So. The, just his relationship with his own anger, with his own sadness. Yeah. I love when he cries. With emotions. <laughs> Can we talk about how much I love when men cry? <laughs> Dean Winchester cries a lot, so you must love him. Which is interesting because... I mean, there's so much toxic masculinity, but he fights through it with his tears. My favorite, like, episode where Dean cries is a Destiel moment, where Cass tells him that he needs to be used for the apocalypse, and then he says, I can't do it, and he starts crying, and he's like, I guess I'm not the man that either of our fathers wanted us to be. And I'm like, you literally said it. Like, it's canon that you said that. Like... That's like the... I just, it makes me so sad. That's the queerest sentence I've ever heard. I know. Also, to be clear, Cass is an angel, so his father would be God. God. Yeah. yeah. Which, so. who they meet in season 11, by the way. Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. I mean... Don't spoil that one, though. Res- that's, that's like a... I mean, wow. respect, I mean, respect, um, my lord. <laughs> we gotta sound like a Death Eater. Respectfully <laughs> not tell you who God is. Um, that was also fun seeing our coworker find out who God was, by the way. She kept trying to guess, or she's like, is it this person? Is it this? No. She never guessed right, by yeah. the way. So you guys will never get it. Um, <laughs> so I think we should move into our favorite portion of this, mm-hmm. which will be Destiel. <laughs> for you, you that don't know what Destiel is, it is the ship name for Castiel the Angel and Dean Winchester. Um, to literally quote the show, shouldn't it be Dean Stiel? <laughs> or it should be D-Stiel. D-Stiel, yeah, yeah. But, like, the fact that the show, how much the show acknowledges Destiel, not just as a relationship, but as a ship. <laughs> I love how, okay, it's such proof that Sam is, like, 
into fandom because they have him, like, canon say, like, he's trying to figure out the ship name. And then he goes, Dean Cass? Like, no one would do that except for shippers already. Mm-hmm. So he clearly ships somebody in some universe. And I'm thinking Harry Potter. And we'll get, yeah, we'll get like, a little bit into fandom politics real quick. Just, like, a quick detour. I find it so... Doesn't sound like us. Interesting <laughs> that in the Supernatural fandom... There is a sect of... Okay, because Destiel is the main ship name, right? There's a sect of people who refuse to use the name Destiel and only use Dean Cass because they feel that the Destiel shippers are more radical and that they are they are a bad representation of people that ship Dean and Cass. So they're trying to distance themselves from the bad, radical Destiel shippers and be a more moderate, neutral Dean Cass shipper. This I feel to me <laughs> sounds like women that are afraid to call themselves feminists. I'm literally exactly. Say that. Yeah. I can't. It's like, exactly, the, it's, it's the same thing. And it's just like... Wh- and it's this, and it's you know analogous to also like oh like I don't agree with fascism but like I don't think you should like openly fight against it <laughs> um, so you're a fascist yeah is what you're saying correct so um, maybe like maybe maybe let's, let's look at your life like, look at your choices <laughs> um, so just call, we're saying call shit what it is is what we're saying and it's Destiel it's <laughs> Destiel sorry um, <laughs> we're alienating people right now I can feel it I'm not very sorry. Don't listen if you don't like me. Like, Did same. we also lose all of our Donald Trump listeners earlier? Yeah, like, I'm not worried about it. Well, last episode we said that we don't like um, like a military state. And then the episode before that we admitted that we were communists. So we're alienating people slowly but surely. <laughs> we're so, we're, so what you're saying is you're narrowing down to the cream of the crop of listeners. Yeah. So there'll be like 12 listeners, but they're the best they're listeners. They're the best listeners. <laughs> I'm good at that. Also notice how we weren't like... We're not into capitalism, but we don't want to call ourselves communists because they're too radical and we want to distance ourselves. We just were like, yeah, no, we're communists. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and what I'm saying is the same exact principles that apply to a very complex political and economic issue also apply <laughs> to the supernatural fandom. True. And here we are. Um, here we are today. So, Destiel. So, mm. Cass appears in season four it's a while and when i i remember when i started watching the show it was mostly because people on tumblr were going so wild about it same and they were all going wild about this castiel dude and then he doesn't even show up till the fourth season i know i had to wait it was awful mm-hmm. but when he shows up oh man. oh that scene is wonderful he oh. arrives and he is just she like, arrives <laughs> <laughs> i am living <laughs> i love him so much and at first he's like a really like He's like aloof and cold. Yeah, and he is. Yes, he's and a warrior. I love it. And I then, love as time goes on, he gets more and more human because he's doesn't spending, he though? It's the best. Yeah, he's spending more time with them, and he realizes that he really loves humanity. You, you could might say, say. <laughs> you might say he's in love with humanity. There's a whole scene where this super villain who's really—he's <laughs> the big bad. He's like. He's, I love calling Minotaur a supervillain. He's the worst written villain ever because he is just like a supervillain. He's just there to like throw a wrench and everything and be an asshole. Um, so people call him Meta Douche instead of Metatron. Um, he also literally writes fan fiction of the world. Erotic fan fiction? And no, it's not erotic. <laughs> oh, we just didn't hear the erotic part. <laughs> yeah. But I assure you there is some. He definitely writes it on a typewriter in which he misspells Cass's name, but whatever. <laughs> also, like, the name Metatron, like, I get it. It's because he writes stuff about, you know, it's like Meta. meta <laughs> but, like, the name Metatron is just such a, like, super mega villain. He just sounds like Megatron from yeah. Transformers. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, there's a scene where he's, like, antagonizing Castiel, and he's, like, giving a whole speech about how Cass is, like, has fallen or whatever, and he's, like, he's in love. And then there's a long pause. So long. And we're all, like, he's gonna say it. He's gonna say he's in love with Dean. And then he goes, with With humanity. humanity. (laughs) Which, like... And he says it with such snark. But also, like, confirmed, though? Also, like, yes, Cass loves humanity as a whole, but also Dean is humanity. Like, that's what he represents on the show. Like, yeah. explicitly. Like, I think Cass has even said, you are the best of humanity. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> the quote-unquote righteous man, which is why he was selected to... For some... For some stuff. For some, for some stuff. stuff that we want for you. <laughs> but, like... The amount of times other characters refer to Dean and Cass as being, like, lovers is yeah. outrageous yeah. for people to not be like, oh, okay, well... It's not real or whatever. They're just joking. Oh, it's just fan service. Oh, God. Like, okay, maybe it's a little fan service because we are getting hella queer baited. But it's <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, no, people are like, oh, yeah, Cass, the one in the dirty trench coat who's in love with you. Mm-hmm. Or he was your boyfriend first. Yeah, like, everyone's like, oh, no, Cass is your boyfriend. And it's, it's they act like husbands. It's ridiculous. Especially in season 12. They're such boyfriends. They, oh, my God. They're arguing husbands the whole time. I get the Christy, my coworker. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get permission to use her name. I know. <laughs> I'll text her. I'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and then we'll just get a clear, clean cut of you saying her name, and I'll just, like, awkwardly edit it in. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Um, where on earth was I going? Oh, she, she and I were talking about how they're such boyfriends, especially in season 12 over the phone. They talk like fucking boyfriends when it's like, hi, Dean. <laughs> I could watch that gif of Cass on the phone. Sighing. And oh the smile God. he does. I love does, it so much. Like, <laughs> That's not a friend. <laughs> right? Like he That's your fucking husband. That's your lover. Like he is like I love that scene. Like he's talking to Sam, like, hey Sam, like, yeah, I'm pretty bummed. Yeah, I'm pretty down here. And then like Dean says something, he's like, oh <laughs> like little hearts and birds flew up around his face <laughs> like, that frightened really, him. Though, like, like you hear like you see his face soften and brighten. Yeah. And he literally fucking sighs. I love him so much. Like he's so glad to just hear his soulmate's voice. <laughs> hear that he's safe and to talk to him. There's Come also on. a part in, se- was it season 11 when he's like, or is it season, oh, I don't remember what season it is. Honey, there's 12 seasons, it's, when, it's okay. It's when Cass is laying in bed and he's wearing that robe and then he like is talking, who is he talking to on the phone? But he says, I miss Dean. Like, he is just, like, I don't know. It's such a romantic trope. There's tropes tropes everywhere. Oh, the Tumblr Um, post that breaks down. um, Are you you familiar with TV tropes? (laughs) Yes. I love TV tropes. (laughs) You can get, Agatha Christie and I, I'm talking about how you can get stuck in fucking TV tropes for years. But it it was, like, an example of, like, over 20 um, tropes listed on, like, the romantic trope section that all apply to SDL. Oh, yeah, they use a ton of romantic tropes. Like, what? Just explicitly. My favorite, though. My favorite <laughs> is the mixtape. Oh, let's talk about the mixtape. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love the mixtape so much. Okay, before we get into the mixtape, this is a perfect lead-in, though. Okay. okay. Because in season 12 and in other seasons, too, there are periods of time where Castiel kind of disappears because he's, like, sneaking around, doing some shit he shouldn't be doing because he's stubborn. Um, and then, like, 
Dean gets really mad at him when he does that, mm. and it's like they're boyfriends. Like he's not like, oh man, I really wish my friend would like check in with me. He's like, oh my god, where is he? What is he doing? Is he okay? I hope he's okay. <laughs> Sam, do you think he's okay? <laughs> and Sam's always like, he's fine. He's an angel <laughs> of the Lord. <laughs> but also like the amount of worry and the like the the neediness that comes up there. Like, I've never been like that with either of you, and you two have been my best friends for however many years now, but that is exactly how I acted when I've had a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. And it's like, and then when Cass returns, he's not like, oh, it's great to see you, man. I'm glad that you returned. It's like, he's grumpy and moody, and he's like, I'm going to punish you because you didn't talk to me, which is such a boyfriend thing to do. Such a, yeah. So. I've done it. I've been on the other end of it. Yeah. So, in what I'm season saying is that's 12, what queer dudes do to each other. Yeah. In season 12, when Cass returns from a period of being MIA for a little while, and Dean's really mad about it, Cass, like, knocks on his door and comes in, and Dean's still being like, oh, I'm grumpy, I'm mad. Um, and then Cass hands him a t- cassette tape and is like, oh, I thought I should give this back to you. And Dean was like, it's a gift, you keep those. Um, Sarah's... <laughs> flailing around i'm panicking um that episode was like i can't even first of all i'm just gonna i can't (laughs) i have so many things to say at once um so i'll start with the arguments against that and then i will move toward my argument for it how about that yeah all right so most people are like oh anyone could give anyone a mixtape like you can make your friend one you can make your brother one like whatever and in defense of that (laughs) hannah being a very musical person, musician, a very talented singer, if I may say so, oh, um, has made both of us mixtapes. Yeah. Or but mixtapes. CDs. <laughs> Burn CDs, let's be real. And we've enjoyed them immensely, and we are not um, but also, explicitly romantically entangled. When she makes us mix CDs, it's because she wants to share music that she thinks that we would like that she knows about. Mm-hmm. So that's not the same. That's sharing music with your friend. This mixtape literally was entitled Dean's 13 Top Zep Tracks. That's what it was entitled. First of all, why 13? We have metal on that in a second. (laughs) Bookmark on that one. And second of all, he wanted to share all of his favorite songs. Not that Cass would like them. It would have just said, like, Top Zep Tracks, or it would have been, like, Zeppelin or whatever. Like, he is sharing a piece of himself with Cass. And you have to understand that that his love for classic rock is Mm -hmm. very much what he considers, like, a core part of his identity. So he's literally sharing a very intimate, central part of himself with Mm -hmm. Castiel in this moment. It also should be noted that twice in the show, sharing of Zeppelin music, which is affectionately referred to in the real world, outside of Supernatural, as cock rock, (laughs) um, uh, it's mentioned in the show that that's what women do to... That's what men do to seduce women by a character who was, like, infatuated with Dean, uh, she mentions that that's how men, like, basic men, basically, tries to try to seduce women. And in the beginning of season 12, which is the season where we get the mixtape, uh, Dean mentions that the way his mom and his dad met is they, like, bumped into each other, they got coffee together, and she was impressed by his knowledge of every Zeppelin song. <laughs> Tyler is looking at the microphone as if you all can see him. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the conversation, but I'm like reeling right now. <laughs> okay, that's romantic as shit. Okay, first of all, for such an emotionally stunted person to emulate kind of 
one of the only romantic relationships he knew, mm -hmm. which especially with his mom being dead for a long time. Well, she's alive by then, but yeah. Well, yes, but you know what I mean. But gr growing up with your with your mother being dead and having such a romanticized idea of oh, his yeah. parents' marriage, like that in his head was the pinnacle of a romantic relationship. So him kind of replicating a, 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 a core element of that, as well as that being a core element of his own identity, like you said, to reach out to this other person who he's very emotionally intimate with, that's romantic as shit. Yeah, he's courting him. Yes. And I love that so much. I love every second of that. And just like the imagery and just, anyway, like, okay, so I was talking about the arguments. Let's oh, get I'm back sorry. to that. So the arguments. <laughs> I keep wanting to just argue. Yeah, no, I have, I have something else after that that I'm dying to say. So <laughs> okay. carry on. Okay, so the argument is that you can make that mixtape for anyone, right? But, um, the thing about storytelling, <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying this to be condescending because I, I am a writer, but I'm like an amateur writer. I didn't go to school to write. I'm not a professional writer. Um, I do it for fun and I do write fic, so. <laughs> um, I got the Christy, listen up. <laughs> I don't know if she'll like my fic. There's some smut in there. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can find me on an archive of her own, <laughs> Magic Girl Sarah. <laughs> she has mentioned fic to me. She has never mentioned smut to me. Okay. But we're coworkers. I tell my coworkers about my smut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so you would never, ever waste words or resources, like financial resources, on creating a whole separate scene where two characters interacted by conveying a romantic trope. You just would not do that. It's not... It simply isn't done. It's just... <laughs> it's simply not done. It's simply not done. But it's just... It's not... If it's not relevant to the story, it, like, clogs up your entire dynamic. Like, you wouldn't do that when you're telling a story unless it was relevant. And the relevance was they want you to know that these two men are so intimate, they share things that are intimate offstage. So that happened when we were not looking. So they're so close that they're doing things behind our backs, basically. They are doing things. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing so many things. I just love them so much. That's a really good point of, like, we... We as an audience don't need to see every moment of their intimate interactions to know that they are intimate. Yeah. Especially since we see plenty on screen. Yeah. And we'd love to see plenty more. <laughs> the eye fucking. It's not enough for us, apparently. Okay, can we... We'll talk about the eye fucking <laughs> okay, after him. I need to backtrack yeah, a little I'm bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because I feel like we left out a key piece of information. It sounds like us. It's a spoiler. But, like, I, this is one of those spoilers where I feel like you probably know about it already if you've heard about the show at all. In, at the end of season three, Dean ends up going to hell because of a bad decision that he made. Sounds like him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the beginning of season four is Dean magically comes back from hell. We see him rising from his grave, clawing his way out through the dirt. Um, we're going to ignore the science of whether or not that's possible. Um <laughs> Uh, because the the reason he's back from hell is because Castiel, the angel, raised him from hell. He put his hand <laughs> on his shoulder and seared a mark there and lifted him from hell. Yeah. The exact quote. 
is I gripped you tight and raised you from perdition. I'll just mm-hmm. let that sit for a minute. Oh, yeah. Grip him tight, honey. <laughs> I, I just got chills literally. <laughs> like, also, uh, let me be fair. That's on merchandise, y'all. Like, licensed merchandise from WB. Like, they're, they know what that means, and they know why the fandom enjoys it, and they absolutely are using that to sell that to us, and that is why we're being queer by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we just, I, so we both swing back and forth on this wildly about, like, one day we're like, no, it's never going to happen, we're being queer and the next day we're like, no, it's totally real, they've been planning this the whole time, they just want to give us a really great reveal after years of slow burn. <laughs> That's the ideal, right? Yeah. But at the end of this episode, we'll check in and see what percentage we're at, or we think Dust Seal is really going to happen. <laughs> Right? Because when we started, I was probably at like a 30%. Like, yeah, yeah, 30%, it's going to happen. But now I'm that you're more optimistic. But now that you're actively delving into the like. When you lay it out. Yeah, yeah. When you lay out all the evidence, <laughs> it's impossible. The crime was committed. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. Like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> Dean Winchester is guilty. Yeah, beyond a reasonable doubt. Let's just put it that way. Um,. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there, that Castiel's character begins with a romantic trope of, like, him searing a mark onto him. Like, what? And also, I mean, just from a, like, uh, the history of storytelling perspective, like, ancient Greece, like, characters, like, going into the underworld, going against Hades, or going against God, in the case of Supernatural... I guess he wasn't going against God. Whatever. but <laughs> Going but, against supernatural forces. Mm-hmm. Correct. Going into the underworld and pulling someone from there back to the land of the living. Always romantic. Have we it's ever heard romantic. of that happening before? <laughs> Even in, say, like a Disney movie that's based on uh, a That's Greek true. Myth? That's true. Um, yeah, Hercules. <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't yeah, get that. Absolutely. But, but like, just in... Oh, <laughs> See this like this whole discussion just renders us speechless. We, like it's older than television. We get <laughs> exasperated because there there are pe- there are viewers out there that are like, no, it's absolutely not a thing. It's there's nothing romantic. I mean, they're really vocal, but they are few and far in between. Like I had to do an ethnography recently, and I studied the supernatural fandom, and literally what I discovered was that there was like a tiny tiny percentage <laughs> of people that were really really anti Dustiel. And they're just so... Wrong. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But no, they're like online bullies. Yeah, they're very aggressive about it. Like, instead of just being like, oh, I don't think that's happening, or I don't like that, they attack people. They create blogs to attack people. It's pretty wild. That's a lot of energy. Like, I would never... Like, for example, I don't ship Wincest, which are the two brothers. That's their ship name. Yeah, I know. It sounds weird for those of you who have never heard that. Um, I... Can't get into it. Like, it's not my thing. It's not my vibe. But I'm not over here, like, a- anonymously messaging people on Tumblr. Like, you're gross. I hate your ship. Or, you should kill yourself. You should kill yourself. Or, or like, contacting actors or creators. Yeah. Or, like, like that's wild to me that people They actually would... have a name for, like, Destiel shippers that they don't like. They call them Desti Hellers. Like, it's just very wild. Huh? I've yeah. gotten so much anonymous hate on my fandom blog. For shipping Destiel. And it's and it's just, it blows my mind. Because I'm like, you took time out of your day to go on a blog with Destiel in the name. <laughs> and when you could just blacklist the tag yeah. and just live yeah. your life. Yeah, exactly. 
So let's talk about the eye fucking. Because it's real. It's real. And like, also like textually, because Dean has said to Cass, Cass hey Cass, not for nothing, but the last time someone looked at me like that, I got laid. Like. <laughs> That's also like, context for that, he's trying to piss him off. Like he's trying to piss everyone in his life off. So like, we're better off without you. You can go do this thing where you sacrifice your life. That's not a spoiler. Dean does that every season. Um, <laughs> That's his thing. That's his thing. Also, this is a thing a lot of men do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hero. I'm a hero. <laughs> He's a hero. He actually says that at one point. To be fair, he was a teenager, but then he retained that ideology for the rest <laughs> of his life. So I'm not going to say that he grew out of it, really. He did not. Um. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> the... I think you, Hannah, I think you had pulled up a YouTube video once that was, like, the compilation of the eye-fucking, just the longing stares that the two of them do to each other throughout these seasons, and it was, like, 11 minutes long. And that was from, like, three seasons. This is not slowed-down clips. No. This is just, like, individual clips of, like, for four full seconds of airtime, these two characters are going to stare at each other. Yeah. Why would you do that? And, like, it's, like... With soft brows, like a soft breath, like a little <laughs> sigh, like... Sometimes it's with a little anger. Sometimes it's with a little dominance on Castiel's part. That's mm. perfectly okay. <laughs> or Dean's part. Sometimes there's a little dominance on his part. That's okay. <laughs> he's, he's resisting, but... <laughs> but, also, but, like... You can't just be eye-fucking for years. I mean, they can. And say you're straight. Whenever, whenever <laughs> Dean is driving and Cass is in the passenger seat, he does not keep his eyes on the road at all. He's just full-on staring at him like he's going to crash that damn car. There's actually a scene where Cass is in the back seat, Sam is in the passenger seat, and Dean is driving. And Dean and Cass are, like, arguing or being, you know, annoyed. Them. Arguing husbands. Arguing husbands. And Dean, like, full-on turns around and stares at Castiel in the backseat. And Sam's like, dude, keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> yeah, and they play, like, the traffic you almost missed hitting yeah. someone noise in the background. Oh, yeah, the, like, stock sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, that's also important to note that anytime Cass is in the passenger seat, Sam is not there. So, like, he cannot witness the Dean not looking at the road, the eye-fucking, the longing, the... I, there's so many things that are happening in that scene, in any of those scenes. I also love in season 12 when Cass explicitly tells the boys to wait outside, the boys being Sam and Dean, he's going to go talk to this guy that he needs to talk to. And Dean's outside oh. getting all irritated and like, oh, he's not letting us help. And Sam's like, and you're going to storm in in three, two. And Dean does. So this is another thing where I'm like, Sam knows what's going on. He sees Dean and Cass acting like husbands. He has to live with it. I don't know. Like, that would annoy me so much. I'd be like, just fucking make out already. Like, he's such a third wheel. Yeah. I feel so sad for him. He's fine. He was almost not a third wheel in this last season. That's, this is, this is the other thing, though. Because there are so many, again, shots that have to be purposeful of Dean and Cass interacting, and then they show Sam's reaction. And he's always kind of sitting there like, Oh boy. <laughs> like he he knows something's going on and he's just like here we go again. And do you know what that reminds me of? It's personal anecdote, as I'm one to do. But that reminds me of Hannah when you act exasperated when I'm being real gay. <laughs> do I act exasperated? Towards me? Hannah. <laughs> well what do you what what's 
What do you mean too gay about is my question. Oh, I, I guess when I'm... I guess usually when I've... <laughs> when... <laughs> He can't even say it. No. Just when I've said something real wild, as I want to do, um, about a, a romantic interest or a boyfriend okay. or something, and you're just like, how you? And to me, they're like, and you're going to storm in in three, two, one. <laughs> it's exactly like, and Tyler, you're going to text him this crazy thing in three, two, one. <laughs> like, it's exactly, I don't, I don't know why, that reminds me of that so much. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's like the way that Sam looks at them is kind of the way that you look at a situation with like one of your friends where you're like, I know this is happening and I know you're not going to talk about it with me, but like we both know that there's something going on. (laughs) It's kind of like that. He looks at him like, oh, Dean, I know you're never going to speak of this, but (laughs) you're being real bisexual right now. Another one of my favorites, Sam. Sam is a third wheel moments is when, before they give the mixtape in 12, um, when Cass comes back, and Sam's like, we're so happy to see you! And then Dean just looks at him like, really, bitch? And then Sam's like, hmm. <laughs> or not. <laughs> like, he's like, wow, I better just stay out of this. And then, like, when Dean, like, starts yelling at Cass, Sam is like, Dean. And then Dean's like, stay out of this! <laughs> like, he's so pissed. Mind your business, Sam. <laughs> Sam's like, okay. And that's, that's the thing, too, is if it was really a platonic relationship, he wouldn't be like, Sam, stay out of this. Right. He would be right. like, this is an issue between the three of us equally about you leaving and not letting us know where you are. But it's clearly not an issue between the three of them equally. Because <laughs> Dean and Cass have a more profound bond, another, you might say. Another, another line of line. dialogue <laughs> that actually happened so on canon. the show. Very canon. Yeah. Also, um, there's a time when Dean and Cass are alone in the room together and Dean kind of turns around and Cass is like right up in his face and he's like, Cass, we've talked about this personal space. (laughs) And Cass is just like, oh, sorry, steps away. And it's like, are you sorry, though? Because you have no (laughs) personal space with him. Also, neither of them do. Yeah. Yeah. They're always touching. They're always touching. Unnecessarily. When he touches... Dean's shoulder where he left his handprint. I love that so much. Okay, what about when uh, Bobby and Sam are like, you need to call Cass? And he's like, why is it always me? (laughs) And he's like really upset about it. And he's like, it's not like, I think he says it's not like he lives in my ass or something like that. (laughs) And then like literally Cass shows up behind him and he turns around and he's like, Cass, get out of my ass. (laughs) I was never... In, in your, your ass. ass. <laughs> like, Which he's real confused about it. Like Blatant he lies, like, audience. Blatant lies. But, like, that's kind of, I think that's the point of the way they made him deliver that line is, like, was he? <laughs> we may never know. God, I hope so. <laughs> Did you have something else? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> also related to... Spinning off from that, how about when Dean prays to Cass? Because he's an angel. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Hannah's face. Like, I just... Clearly, she reads a lot of fic. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What are you saying about? Neither read nor write fanfiction. You can find her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find me on Archive of Our Own at Wings.co. If you want Is some. it weird to, like, promote your, like, smutty porn? Oh, I don't mine, so. mine isn't smutty Oh, no, yours either. is fluff. Hers isn't. Hers is fluff. I love fluff, but mine is... Either both or one or the other. Mm. Mine's like pain and suffering and then fluff. 
Like, it always starts with pain and suffering. That's and then it ends like Yeah. There's some pain and suffering. So, anyway, the amount, <laughs> the amount of, like, Dean praying to Cass, and also, we just talk about the line, Cass, I pray to you every night, which is basically word for word from the notebook, <laughs> I wrote to you every day for a year. Which, it's okay, true. the notebook considered at least top three most romantic movies, whatever you think about the movie, that is considered... Like, it's true. one of the top, like, in the upper echelon of romantic movies and the romantic, like, ideal. Whether you want to say about it, blah, blah, blah. Nicholas Sparks, he's a racist, don't... Anyway. True. He, no, he's super racist. It's terrible. Anyway. Um, but that quote... And he, I mean, even separate from that, I pray to you every night. Yeah. Like, given what? he is an angel, but, like, why would you pray to him, like... You could just fucking ask him one time. Like, he's your friend. Be like, bro, can you help me? Oh, you can't help me. Hmm, better move on. Yeah. Like, no. Dean is, like, praying to him. Yeah. Longing all and, the and time. And we show him, I mean, a few times throughout the seasons, like, praying to him. And it's, like, he's so soft and vulnerable mm-hmm. and bisexual. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's now canon that Castiel can feel longing. Yeah. Like, if someone's longing for him, he can feel it. He says that to his surrogate daughter, so. I love Claire. I love Claire, too. She's my sweet baby. Can we also talk about how Dean and Cass act like they are a parental unit? Yeah, towards Claire. Yeah. Literally writing a fic about that as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love them. It's also, like, I love that the cast loves that dynamic. Like, the girl who plays Claire, her name is Catherine Newton. Um, I love that they're getting a spinoff. I know, so me too. Excited. I'm so excited. Um, she had tweeted, like, because somebody did, like, a fan picture of all of them hugging, because they, they, like, ha- they hugged on set. Mm. So, Team Free Will, which is what we call Sam, Dean, and Cass. And they were hugging Claire. Like, I think they were still in costume, too. And then she, like, someone said, like, my... It was, like, supposed to be, like, a fake sitcom cover. And it was, like, my two dads and <laughs> Uncle Moose. Aww. And she, like, retweeted it. Great. She's so cute. I love her. And then people were saying she was unprofessional for retweeting that. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ugh, whatever. Osric literally says he reads Destiel fanfic. Like, at every turn. <laughs> like, he, Osric I plays love Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> he literally jokes about that all the time. So, And I don't think he's joking. He's actually read it. Like, he's a big O fanboy. We love him so much. He's so I, hot. And we, I know. we know that Misha has read Dustiel fanfiction. He's also very hot. He's also read, like, some other wild stuff that we don't want him to read. <laughs> True. <laughs> Embarrassing for all of us fans. <laughs> he's, like, posted pictures of it on his Snapchat, like, holding up his laptop, like, here, I'm on Archive of Our Own, reading your shit. And we're like, <laughs> oh, no. Misha, no. Honey. <laughs> oh. We want you to remember us. Fondly. Fondly. <laughs> yeah, not as we actually are. <laughs> Smut pandas we are. <laughs> what are you talking about? I would never... I feel like Misha would really enjoy my desktop fanfic. You're proud. Yeah. All right. I am. Mm. Also, the, like, OT3 in purgatory <laughs> of Dean, Cass, and Betty. Mm, more proof that Dean doesn't need Cass to be bi. He just is bi. Because his dynamic with Betty, A, super sexy. <laughs> Betty is so hot. I do love Benny. I don't know where I was going with that, other than it's hot. <laughs> I think that's my only piece of evidence. They're definitely, <laughs> like, there's something going on between them. They're purgatory lovers, for sure. It's great. It is a really weird dynamic when Cass then shows up in purgatory, and 
Dean and Benny kind of have this dynamic established. And then Benny's like, oh, shit, who's this guy that you're clearly in love with? <laughs> like, you can tell, like, it changes on his face. He's like, yeah. oh, I see what's going on here. <laughs> like, as much as, like, obviously Dean is, like, you know, hard up for Benny. like <laughs> Which everyone is. Yeah, that's fine. Um, he's very, very clearly, like, looking for Cass. Like, he mentioned several times that uh, Purgatory is the purest place you can be. It purifies you to be there. And his only instinct in all of that was to find Cass. Like, that's all he talks about is, like, I have to find Cass. We need to find Cass. That was was his pure instinct. That was so beautifully phrased. (laughs) I literally got chills. Oh, my God. I love them so much. They belong together. Let them love each other. This is a call-out post for the CW. (laughs) (laughs) Please. And here's the thing. For people like us that decide, well, I guess I won't say decide, it's not really a choice (laughs) that we make, Um, we get ourselves so entrenched in whatever media that we currently like to escape our real life issues and emotions. But then... I don't do that. But then (laughs) we get so wrapped up in the media that that we're enjoying. And this has definitely happened to me. We're like... I've broken down crying before because I'm so frustrated that people are like anti-Destiel. And when I say it out loud, it sounds really stupid, but you have to understand, like, I've been in this for a while. (laughs) And it's, and I think people also misunderstand. They think that it's like literally just the fact that I'm mad that two guys on television aren't in a canon relationship. It goes so much deeper than that because to me it feels like, a layer on of denial of bisexuality. It feels like a layer on of denial of letting queer people have visible relationships. It's, it's not just like, Oh, she's mad because those two hot guys won't kiss. It's like, I'm mad because it feels like it's reflecting back at me. All of the annoying things that people say to me in my daily life, which of course would feel like a personal attack because it's not, I mean, kind of what Sarah was saying is it's not just like, "Mm, I don't really see it. It's, no, it's then the arguments against are homophobic, biphobic, sexist, like just Ugh. it's just so laden with bullshit. It's not actually like a reasonable conversation. It's not like yeah, it's just so like Argh! which is so much more societal and cultural problems than it is just a differing opinion on a television show. Exactly. Yeah. Which being a queer person, that is a personal attack on you because that is your identity. That is who you are. And people saying that that's not real or that's gross or that's bad business or that's not for an audience. That's, that shouldn't, that's not something that should be seen or quote unquote promoted. Like that's terrible to hear and to feel. It just is. And that's why I get so upset when people are like, stop taking it so personally. If you don't like the show, just don't watch it. I'm like, no, I love the show. I hate that there's an aspect of the show that I feel like is being held back because of homophobia and biphobia. That's what I hate. And I think I'm allowed to hold those two things at the same time. Absolutely. I'm allowed to love the show and also be like, fuck queer baiting and (laughs) fuck you if you're going to be like, oh, that's never going to happen and you're stupid for believing it. Like... Just fuck off. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely our philosophy. Like, remain critical of the media you're consuming. That makes you a responsible consumer. Like, 
there's no other way to put that. Like, if I just blindly had whatever was in front of me and just let them get away with things, I think that that would make me morally irresponsible. Like, I would feel... I would feel, like, gross with myself, I think. That would be, like, watching something and, like, letting racism slide. Just being like, mm. oh, it's totally fine. Yeah. Like, it's not fine. And it's, it's okay to say it's not fine. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that there aren't other parts of some piece of media that you do also enjoy. And it doesn't mean they can't make strides to make those things right or to move right. in a better direction. Right. Is it's not just... They're just, not limited. Right. It's not just, oh, you have to enjoy what you get. Or whatever. Like, no, no. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess unless the show's over. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to enjoy what you have, but it's also okay to want more. Right. So, right. like, Especially we talk about that a lot with SCL. Like, yeah. what if they just never actually say it? They just move to them acting like they're together and not in, like, a blatant way. But I think especially when it's something particular to either you personally or just in general, like, part of a marginalized group, like wanting better media representation of people of color, of women, of trans people, of queer people, of non-binary people, of poor people, of older people, like whatever, disabled people, like wanting better, like that is fucking okay. That is good. Like that does not make you a bad person, but that does not make you a bad fan to be like, um... I like this character in this show, but I want better for them. Or, like, I, I want them to be written, yeah, just better. Like, that's not wrong. <laughs> you know what? We deserve better. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it cracks me up that, like, a lot of Supernatural fans will be like, the SJWs are invading the fandom. Like, we've always been here. <laughs> like, a huge, huge chunk of fans of Supernatural are queer women. I'm not, I, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why other than just like destiny, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just true. So you can't like, you can't go in and be like, well, all you queer women that make up like a third of the fandom need to sit down. Yeah. No, we don't. We won't. We will <laughs> And we don't have to. Yeah. I think it's okay to ask things of the media that you're consuming, especially with something like Supernatural, like if anyone... I mean, I I know people that don't watch it, but have obviously heard of it because the fandom is so outrageously large and very outspoken, and they have such a relationship with all the cast and crew. That's also a good point too. Of like, they are also still interacting with their audience. Is it's not them in a bubble, separate from it. Like yeah. there there are cons. There's. So many meet and greets. There's, I mean, fuck, there's Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And they do respond to things on Twitter. And I have to say, I a lot of the anonymous hate I've received on Tumblr um, on that blog has been in response to criticisms of the writers and the actors because of the way that they handle answering certain questions. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say that the PR for this show doesn't seem to be very good. It doesn't seem to exist at all. They <laughs> can just say whatever they want with no consequences. Um, I mean, it clearly has consequences. It has the consequences of people being like, what the actual fuck did you just say? <laughs> um, Which is good. Yeah. Like, people should. And it's, and it's wild to me that I've gotten so much like, 
if you're gonna talk shit like if you're gonna talk shit about this actor then you need to just stop watching the show and leave the fandom and it's like i'm first of all i'm not talking shit i'm telling you what happened (laughs) um (laughs) just giving you a truth (laughs) i'm just i'm explaining the situation as it occurred i don't know when that became talking shit um but also like by liking the show once again i did not sign up to worship the show and pledge my allegiance and (laughs) like it's it's really i don't know it's pretty wild yeah so I don't want to make an enemy out of any of the actors, but they've said some things that did not sit well with me. As any human being does, yeah. but they have a responsibility when they are interacting with the fandom at, say, a convention, to be mindful of the things that are falling out of their mouths. And I think maybe the person I'm thinking of is more mindful now than they were before. Yeah, so I think I think a lot of a lot of them have moved in a positive direction. Um, yeah, <laughs> some of the some of the writers though, when people have called them out on Twitter, mm. they've responded in really negative ways. One of them even was like, "Hey, look, some of my best friends are gay, so why would I queer bait anyone?" I've seen some very very positive things from other people now on Twitter that work on the show, like Davy, like Barons, like Dab. So, Dab's the showrunner again for thirteen. And I'm feeling it because I love Dab, so. <laughs> a lot of, what I find surprising though is a lot of Dusty L shippers really dislike Dab. I don't know why. I've been coming across a lot of it. And is it because he's more subtle? It, it it appears to have something to do with Castiel's characterization. I'm not, okay. like, but then they, they're just like, no, everything he writes is trash. And I'm like, oh. That's not true. I like Dab. Because so. here we are again with the black and white thinking of like. I'm not familiar and, with and black and white thinking. I looked directly at Tyler when I said black she, and white thinking. I feel so personal. <laughs> Ow, the lamp. You are you personally attacked remember by there's the lamp. a lamp right there. Look, who put it there? Um, The people that live here. Oh. Here in the studio, your recording studio. Yeah, Thank you again for having me. Definitely recording studio as I'm sweating profusely. Same. Um. If it was a nice recording studio, we would have, like, silent air conditioning that we could leave on. But no, all we have is this fan, which is probably loud. <laughs> anyway. Like, none of this is, aud- is like, listen- listenable? Audible. Audible. There you go. <laughs> I deserve to be on the radio. Anyway, black and white thinking with people like, oh, I either have to love everything this writer has written or hate everything this writer has written and refuse to watch it. Like, right. hey, maybe find middle ground where you're like, I like this episode that they did but this one i thought wasn't so great like i do find it so interesting like when people look like are are mindful of the writers and or directors of particular episodes i find that interesting i think because i do that a lot less than two of you do though i guess i guess with buffy i'm more mindful of that which i find interesting okay yeah, we have to be mindful of it because we have to really strap ourselves in when mm. certain writers are in charge of an episode. We have to prepare. I have to, like, cleanse my aura before and after to, like, yeah. make sure that I don't lose my shit. Well, like, how... <laughs> if they check up on me on Twitter, they'll see that I have lost my shit on well, some like, of the writers. In terms of quality or in terms of, like... Because on Buffy, if an episode is written and directed by Joss Whedon, it's meant to hurt you. But it's also going to be a good, good episode. Oh, no, no. We no, mean no, no. in terms of quality. quality. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, of quality of not being a racist or a sexist. Oh, I see. I see. Or an actual piece of shit. Killing queer women left and right. Uh, queer women, uh, disabled women. Mm, just, just women. Just kill them all. <sighs> yeah. Um, and do it in a way that's, like, very obviously meant to be, like, 
fuck you, we're going to do what we want and kill this character that you love for absolutely no reason. Yeah. It doesn't really serve anything. Um, <laughs> Little to no purpose. Remember that car ride where we spent a long time talking about that? Oh, that was a good car ride. I do remember that. We were on the 57th freeway. <laughs> and I was trying to not be like Dean and just turn around and talk to you in the back. <laughs> you were doing it a little bit. I do remember that. Yeah, I but I was trying for my to. life a little bit. But yeah, but that's every time you get in the car. Where are we going? We're getting ice cream at that place. Oh, we went to Cream and Sugar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, don't give it away. Why? We don't live anywhere near there. (laughs) I live at 1407 Gray Malkin Lane. (laughs) What is that? Oh, that's the X-Mansion. Oh, my God. (laughs) From (laughs) X-Men. I was like, that's not your address. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, Tyler's a big old X-Men fanboy. Oh. He loves Marvel. Wow. <laughs> wow, well, uh, wow, still being critical of it. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Remain very critical of it. Because the thing is, Marvel Comics has been in production since 1961. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to be critical of. And, and Stan sure... Lee, while being a revolutionary in the comics field, especially when he wrote in the 60s, women had a very limited role. And um, there was a lot of, um, what are they called? Caucasian people? <laughs> <laughs> No, but like, and I've I've talked about that and stuff like that, and like, it's not an excellent podcast. We'll, <laughs> well turn it into. Well, and I'm sure it's very similar, like with comic books. Like you pay attention to who wrote them. That's absolutely true, and, and, and I think I'm much more mindful. Of, and I think there are there are runs and books that I will not touch because of the creative team. Okay. Art, I'm less particular. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm less particular on because it's the a writer who like I know is garbage. I know, <laughs> like I know they're gonna write Emma Frost poorly, and when Emma Frost is written poorly, it upsets me to my core. When Emma Frost is written well, my heart sings. <laughs> I feel the same way about Castiel on Supernatural Same. he's okay. one of the characters that is so, so poorly written in some episodes. Episodes and his character is some writers don't know how to write him and so it reads as him being an inconsistent character because they change writers so much because there are some episodes where i'm like castiel would not do that castiel would not say that that makes no sense it's so very out of character because he he very much vacillates um in in buffy spike very much had that problem where some sometimes he was very badass sometimes he was very detached sometimes he was very obsessive and wasn't that also on the wv um, or was that just a rerun? Syndication. Yes, it was original. It was on the WB for the first five seasons, and then season six and seven, it was on UPN. Okay. Oh, God, can you tell it was the early two thousands? <laughs> <laughs> well, but those seasons were the early two thousands. But, but no, but, I, but Spike I agree. was written very inconsistently because, and especially, oh, I forget what season it was. I feel like it was season six that Marty Knoxon took over as the showrunner, and she had. I think very different feelings towards Spike than Joss Whedon did when he was the main showrunner. Mm-hmm. And other writers on the show felt differently about him. I think she she really pushed for a Spike Buffy dynamic, but in a very unhealthy way. That makes me um, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, Marty, um, I like a lot of your work, but um, maybe you see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I totally And I said that as someone who sees therapists himself. Sorry. I mean, like, Same. like work on your issues. Like, I also work on my, I mean, I also my issues towards men. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree like, that we all have a lot issues. of the writers in Supernatural are like, they say things that are really very out of character sometimes. Um, 
they make characters say things that are out of character. And I feel like that happens a lot to Cass, and it's because Cass has been used as a pawn a lot in, like, advancing the boys' story. Um, and, like, when they finally, like, make it very clear in the past, like, few seasons that he is part of the family, um, he has been getting more screen time. He has been getting better storylines. And I do feel like his character is more consistent. And I appreciate that because I really love him as a character, and I want them to stop hurting him and putting him through so very much. Um, but also, also... you love it. You love when they hurt the boys. I do love when they hurt the boys, but not when they use Castiel as the pawn to hurt the okay. boys. Okay. So I wish they would use, like, throwaway characters on that. And not women. <laughs> yeah, just not saying. Women. Like, no gender minorities, please. Also, Misha Collins is a fantastic actor. Oh, I love Misha. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he could play basically three different characters... In Castiel, in Jimmy Novak, and as Lucifer. Oh, spoilers. spoilers. Also, well, like when he thought he was God. When he also, thought he was God, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like, there's... Uh, when he was... When he was human. Brainwashed. When he was brainwashed. Like, yeah. there's so much nuance in all of those. Yeah. And he's and he, so good at it. He's so good at, like... And I think, because Lucifer came much later, but the distinction early on between Castiel and Jimmy Novak was so distinct... That's a little redundant. <laughs> but the the distinction between Castiel and Jimmy Novak was so clear yeah. that they were truly different characters while still having the same actor's face. And I think that's amazing. Because, I mean, how many genre shows where someone's possessed or something? Yeah. And it's terrible. Like, they're not good at it. They're just doing, like, a funky voice or something. Either a funky voice or, like... Or especially if there's some sort of body switch situation and they're still doing their own mannerisms instead of the other's mannerisms. Yeah. And especially when it's someone directly opposite to you. Like, that's so, like, hello. Was there no one? <laughs> that was my favorite part about Misha's performance as Cassifer, as we lovingly call him. Because he was fucking perfect. He was amazing. Like, he literally studied how Mark Pellegrino played Lucifer mm -hmm. to get his mannerisms, to get his tone down. Like, he went all out. Mm -hmm. So... Absolutely, it was amazing. Where is his Emmy? <laughs> what truly, we're saying. Though, I love him so much. Yeah. Um, so what would you guys rate <laughs> right now on a percentage scale? How optimistic are you that Destiel will happen? Here's my opinion, though. <laughs> it has happened. It's been happening. Okay. So I need you to clarify. I need that. confirmed. Like I want them to. By like, whom? Okay. Let's do let's do the scale that I use when I ask you. Okay. okay. Hannah asks me this like every other day, by the way. <laughs> um, firstly, uh, your confidence in them giving some kind of subtle indicator that they're together, whether it's like them just like cohabitating, cohabitating, or like or, or, or there's like some kind of comment made or something, but nothing really happens beyond that. Like in like a finale situation. No, like in any situation. Oh, okay. Uh, secondly, canon handhold. Like, not just like a, oh, you're hurt, let me touch your hand, because they've already done that. No, like a thread like your a, fingers. Like, also, he's cupped his fucking face. I know. Well, he's on times. his knees. Multiple yeah. Times. Can we talk about that scene? <laughs> it's a whole other story. Anyway. I, I need you. So. That's gayer than I love you. I mean, we need you. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I love you. I love all of you. <laughs> The no said. homoing and um, <laughs> do you think they made Davy write that and they're like no you have to say you love all of them he's like but I wrote I love you <laughs> yeah agree Davy Perez also did I ever tell you that one time with um, an ex who shall be named Hulk Hogan okay 
<laughs> he looks nothing Hogan. like Hulk Hogan. But one time he was upset. He felt like he was a mess in his words. And with no irony, I was not intending to make a reference at all. Fully sincere. I was like, a mess or not, I'd rather have you. <laughs> and I immediately was like, I have to text Hannah right now. I know you're upset, boo-boo. I didn't call him boo-boo. You're That's kind of so I was like, I was like, babe, hold on. I need to text Hannah right now. This is very much leaked into our role life. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, but also, like, that just shows you how romantic their day-to-day no, interactions exactly. are. Because to say cursed or not, I'd rather have you, My is the most romantic thing I've ever heard. So subconsciously, I'm trying to be romantic by acting like Destiel. Yeah. And what does that say? And then, you know, when, Cass, you know I mean? when Cass shows up and says, we had an appointment, and Dean says, don't ever change. That's also really fucking romantic. To and say he to looks someone. at him with like softness in his eyes. And they go Dean. back and forth a few times between them just to get different shots of them looking at each other. Which is, anyway. That's so, the wait here episode, by the way. <laughs> so back to, wait here, <laughs> back to our scale. I love the musical episode. Um, I do too. So subtle something, but not really like up front. Canon handhold in a romantic fashion. Canon kiss. Those are our. Um, those are our markers. What? Where are we at percentage-wise? Describe the first scenario again. <laughs> just subtle. Anything like that's subtle. Like they're not going to go into detail. It's just going to be like a little throwaway line. So I'm um, in, in, in this scenario for some reason I'm imagining like an epilogue in a finale. No, 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 no. that's canon. Like that's like more stable canon. I think I'm thinking like a monster of the week episode. And they're like, they say something about, like, Cass's stuff in Dean's dresser drawer. Like, subtle. Like, it's there. You know mm-hmm. it's there. He's cohabitating with him. Or he actually like, has his own room in the bunker. Or, so. like, Dean, you look tired. Yeah, well, if you wouldn't hog the covers all night. Yeah, like, that. that's subtle. Oh, Like, okay. something like that, where it's like, what, did you, did they, oh. And, and then, then just And then you on. just move on. Tyler's thinking real hard about this, y'all. I feel like... Like hogging the covers might be pushing it, okay. but I think I'm even too stuck in the details. Yeah, you are. Yeah, no, and I and I know it's hard for me to imagine a scenario that I find feasible that would make it canon in a subtle way. But it's been done on other shows, and I can't really think of an example right now. But I think it's in my head what I'm imagining is like. <laughs> Again, in an epilogue of the finale, they just, like, show, like, Sam living on his own. He's got, like, a dog. And then they show Cass and Dean, like, making burgers or something. And it's like, that's their happy lives. And then fade to... No, honey. John Winchester rustling in hell. That's never gonna happen. They're all gonna gonna die die in the end. I'm convinced that's how it's gonna end. Will they die holding hands? (laughs) I mean, maybe. But that would be a canon handle. <laughs> so if you if you are feeling too ambiguous about that one, you can skip that one and just get to the hand holding and kissing stuff. Uh, yeah, for some reason I feel like hand holding or a kiss, I feel like would be more likely than some like kind of domestic um, implication. Okay, but like on a percentage scale, one to a hundred. Hand seventy. Okay. Now, a kiss on the lips? Yeah. I feel like a kiss on the forehead. That would could... be cute, but... Oh, wouldn't that be great? Because, <laughs> like... so no, strange. No, no, I, I didn't mean that... Like, that wasn't meant to be, like, a sexual job. I feel like that's your kink now. <laughs> no. I have... I'm not going to talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> like, a forehead kiss I could really see. Okay, percentage on that? 65. And who's kissing who on the forehead? 
I mean, in in the way you first pictured it, what what came into your mind? Based on your scenario of everyone dying, so Castiel dead and Dean sobbing kisses his forehead. I mean, we have something like. <laughs> no, but I want him clutching his dead we'll, body. We'll see when thirteen starts up again, y'all. And kissing his forehead in tears. Oh, Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, that's what I want too. But like, we're not gonna get because it's painful and romantic as shit. God, I want that so bad. <laughs> Kiss that dead body. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That escalated so fast. That was horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he did not mean that. I We're going to be put on a watch list I can, I can by rephrase. the CW and the FBI. I can rephrase. Because you're a dead boyfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. That's wonderful. That's fair. For me, to see a domestic subtle line, I would say I'm about... Like, currently after this conversation, like, 75% sure that's going to happen. And then, like, a handhold, like, 60% sure. And then, like, a kiss in any way, forehead or otherwise. I'm going to go, like, 45. Because um, I just don't think they're brave enough. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm sad that I went last because I'm going to bum everyone out right now. <laughs> um, I I also am feeling like I don't actually know how to answer my own scale about the, the subtlety thing. Because, like, the, I, like you, I'm getting bogged down in the details. The more yeah. I think about it, the more I'm like, but they wouldn't do that one. And they wouldn't yeah. do that one. Because I feel like the question is so general, whereas each specific example you might give, I would have a, probably a different answer. Yeah. yeah. Same, but I tried. Um, I'm so brave. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to skip that one, even though I came up with it. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to skip that. And handhold... Handhold right now, I'm at like 30%. And kiss in any capacity, I'm at like 10%. And it's very negative about our ship. So, if there was some way that the CW canceled Supernatural and it was uh, renewed, say, on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> oh, then. 100%. It would happen. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> Yeah, and we get to see Dean Winchester say fuck a whole lot. <laughs> and if it's on Netflix, we could watch them fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If it was on Netflix or Showtime, or yeah, HBO AMC or something. or something, it would be a whole nother story. Yeah. Like literally from the very beginning, it would have been a whole nother story. Oh, it would have been romantic from the get go. Yeah. It was. Well, I think Edlin would have stayed, and he would have been like, "It's romantic." <laughs> Yeah. So I think we've been talking about this for a really long time, obviously, <laughs> and we could keep talking about it, but I'm feeling like it's getting, like, a little long for, like, I mean, who's going to really listen to us talk about Dustiel for this long, unless they're already 100% on board. And <laughs> sure. In that case, they probably don't need to hear anymore. They Oh, they loved it. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. They already <laughs> knew all of this information. They already have a blog about it. Oh, they're probably yelling at us with countless more examples. Yeah. yeah. And we know. We know all of those examples. We've missed some. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. It's too long. If we missed 742, <laughs> then we're sorry. We don't have time to cover all of the many, many examples. <laughs> um, so we will leave you with that. And also, as a reminder, if you wanted to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at TQAWpodcast. 
And you can follow us on Tumblr at thequeersarewatching.tumblr.com. And we'll interact with you all there. Please leave comments. We really appreciate commentary. Um, even if it's bad or if it's criticism, we could use that. So we can go in a better direction for all y'all. Um, but also criticism is not like all caps. Destiel is fake. You <laughs> queer losers. Yeah, that's not criticism. I love how you didn't go with a slur. <laughs> like, I'm glad, but also, like... A responsible form of criticism is, I feel like your podcast was all over the place. Can you make you pick a format? That's a good criticism. <laughs> we might not actually do it. But that's a good criticism, we'll, though. We'll take it into account and be like, oh, yeah, people don't like us because we're, like, too loosey-goosey. Um, and then we'll be like, anyway, let's get drunk and do a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. If you feel like you have any friends and that would, you know, like this kind of podcast, you should probably... I thought you were just saying, if you feel like you have any friends, <laughs> tell us about them. Yeah. No, no. What's, a, what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, if you feel like you have friends that would enjoy listening to whatever we're doing here, um, <laughs> just just let them know about us because we, we want more more people listening and we want your comments and your interaction because we don't get a lot of that. <laughs> wow. Um, so thank you for listening and remember the queers are watching. Bye. Bye. Bye.